from the studio of Adventist World Radio Pune. A very warm welcome to you. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring you an inspiring message and songs of praise. You will hear God's word to strengthen you spiritually. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Oh, the old arcs are moving, moving, moving. The old arcs are moving, and I'm going home. The old arcs are moving, moving, moving. The old arcs are moving, and I'm going home. See that sinner coming so slow. He want to get to heaven for the heaven door closed. Oh, Larks are moving, moving, moving. The old larks are moving, and I'm going home. The old larks are moving, moving, moving. The old larks are moving, and I'm going home. Sometimes it seems like the church don't move, 'cause somebody here been telling bad news. The old larks are moving, moving. Moving, the old arch is moving, and I'm going home. The old arch she reeled, the old arch she rocked, the old arch she landed on the mountain top. The old arch is moving, moving, moving. The old arch is moving, and I'm going home. See that sister dressed so fine? She ain't got Jesus on her mind. The moving, moving, moving. The old arcs are moving, and I'm going home. The old arcs are moving, moving, moving. The old arcs are moving, and I'm going home. What is the matter with the downcast mourner? I think he got the devil in the air.
know more on our programs you are welcome to write to us on this postal address adventist media center post box 1446 market yard pune 411037 maharashtra india you can also log into our website to hear all our programs which is www.awr.org before we hear god's word here's a melodious song Studios of Adventist Media Center, Pune. We have Helen Jacob presenting God's Word. Hello, dear listeners. Pleasant greetings from Adventist Media Center, Pune. I am Helen Jacob, the English radio speaker producer. Welcome to another message on God's promises. His assurance is abiding, and His promise is sure. Let us pray and thank the Lord, dear Father in heaven. Thank you for this new day. Thank you for sustaining us and adding another day in our lives. Lord, please open our hearts and minds to hear your word. In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Who of us are not in need of something today? It is a matter of fact that we all need something, especially our basic needs, food, clothing and shelter, and many other things to sustain our lives. We live in a big world where mountains, oceans, rivers separate us, but we are one close-knit family because we're all connected through the love of God. We are sure one big family. Through the advance of technology, we are more closely connected. In a matter of seconds, we can connect to family and friends miles and miles away. As we see the news, we observe people like us who are in desperate need to survive. Today's message is taken from the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. The amazing story of the wonderful way that God provided for Elijah. God does not forget his prophet, but God looks after him in the crucial time of the drought in the land of Israel. Let us have a look at the background to this story. The story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath can be found in 1 Kings 17. Read the whole story. you will be inspired Ahab was a king in the land of Israel at a crucial time In the beginning of the chapter we read that the Lord 
was withholding rain from Israel. The drought was in judgment of the nation's widespread of idolatry, led by the royal couple Ahab and Jezebel. The worship of the true God was at an all-time low. It was almost gone. Baals and false gods were erected all over the land of Israel, and places of idol worship were on every corner. Ahab hired hundreds of priests to conduct the services. The state of spiritual affair was dim. So Elijah, the prophet of God, declared a three-year drought over the land of Israel. It was in the middle of this drought that Elijah and the widow of Zarephath become a part of each other's lives. Ahab blamed Elijah for the drought and wanted to kill him. Elijah had to run for his life. God sent him to stay at a brook first. It was here in this place, the brook called Cherith, that God provided for Elijah, who was fed by ravens. These birds are an example of God's gracious provision for all his creatures. In Psalm 147 verse 9, it says, He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. In Job 38.41, it says, Who provides food for the ravens when their young cry out to God and wander about in hunger. But the brook dried up after a while. Then God spoke to Elijah again and told him to go to Zarephath. This is when God brings Elijah and the widow of Zarephath together. In verse 8, the Lord commanded Elijah to go to Zarephath, a town outside of Israel, where a widow would provide food for him. He obeyed, finding a woman gathering sticks. He said to her, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink, and bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. The widow, however, was in great need herself. She responded, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Verse 13 She expected the meal she was about to fix to be the last for her family. She had no other hope than to die of starvation. Elijah's answer was surely a test of her faith. He told her that she was to make some food for him. Anyway, using the last of her ingredients for him, he added a promise. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. 1 Kings 17.14 the widow's faith was evident in her obedience, and God was faithful to his promise. She and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. The widow's food supply was supernaturally extended as promised. Elijah stayed there for some time, living in an upper room of the widow's house. The woman's son later died of an illness, and in her anger and grief, she blamed Elijah for his death. 
She assumed God was judging her for her sin. But Elijah cried out to God, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. And the child was restored to life. When the woman saw this, she said, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. This account is also mentioned in the New Testament. Early in his ministry, Jesus was speaking in the synagogue of his hometown, Nazareth. He said, In truth, I tell you, there are many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. Jesus' point was that no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Just as Elijah found more faith outside of Israel than within it, Jesus found little faith in his boyhood town. As if to prove this point, the people of Nazareth grew enraged and attempted to throw Jesus off a cliff. God works in mysterious ways. Do you believe it? Let's look at a few insights from this account. First, God often uses unlikely people and sources to accomplish His purposes. Second, God's mercy extends to all people, both Jews and Gentiles, and the Sidonian widow was blessed for her faith. Third, God requires faith. The widow's miracle only came after she prepared a meal for Elijah, an act of sincere faith on her part. By the way, who was the widow of Zarephath and who was her son? Here are a few facts. Fact number one. She was a Gentile. Zarephath was a Gentile country. It was ironic since generally Israelites were not supposed to be mixing with the surrounding nations. But God is full of surprises. Fact two. Elijah knew she was a widow because of what she was wearing. In those days, widows, especially those without sons, were very vulnerable. Their clothing set them apart so they could receive help from their community. Fact three. She was extremely poor. When Elijah finds her, she was picking up sticks for firewood. Now how long would those last? There was a famine of food. If everything was dying, she should have had more access to firewood. Plus, she was literally down to her last meal. Fact 4. The son of the widow of Zarephath remains nameless. There is no record of his name in all of scripture. If you are going through a rough patch, you will find encouragement by reading the story. More than anything, the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath can teach us a lot. Yes, these Bible characters are from a long time ago, but their faith in God has reached across time to uplift our hearts. Here we go. The Seven Lessons from the Widow of Zarephath Point 1. Times of crisis are prime time for spiritual warfare. The first lesson is that spiritual warfare goes up a notch in times of crisis. Ahab and Jezebel worship Baal. 
Elijah worshipped Jehovah. Baal was said to be the god of the weather when Elijah declared a drought in the name of the Lord of heaven. It was the beginning of a showdown and this showdown climaxed in the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Elijah's name means Yahweh is my God. Just Elijah's presence in the land was an offense to the enemy. But it was also a declaration that although it seemed like God was absent, he was very much present. And he was fighting to rescue the hearts of his people from worshipping things that would not serve them. There is always spiritual warfare over your heart's loyalty. God will do what he needs to do to secure your heart's complete loyalty, but only if you allow him. God is also always looking for opportunities to show up in your life and to do something for you. God is in the business of protecting his reputation. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalms 23, 3. Point 2. God provides in strange and unpredictable ways. The second lesson is a bit of a cliché. God works in mysterious ways. Firstly, the widow of Zarephath was a Gentile. This was the last place that you sh should expect to find faith. But anyone who is willing to open their hearts, God is ready to walk in. This was the case with the faith of the widow of Zarephath. Somehow, God pulled her to himself and transformed her heart from false worship to faith-filled worship. When this happened, she was ready to be used by God, and God used her. Her faith turned out to lead to the provision for a tired, desperate, and hungry prophet on the run for his life. Elijah was an escapee. But God used this widow to give him a place where he could be at rest and have some comfort as he waited for God's promise to be fulfilled. The faith of the widow of Zarephath is unusual that she is a point of reference for Jesus in the New Testament. In Luke 4, 25 and 26, it says, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to the widow of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. Like Naaman, her faith was unlikely and Jesus makes reference to him as well. When her level of faith was compared to those who claimed to know God, she stood head and shoulders above them. She left a legacy of faith that has lasted for generations. Point 3. God will make his word come to pass. The next lesson is an exciting one. When God sends Elijah to the widow, the instruction was that he had commanded her to feed him. Elijah turns up and two things are obvious. First, she seemed to be unaware of his command. Second, she was in no position to feed anybody. The widow Zarephath was desperately poor. She literally was going to eat her last meal and was going to starve to death. It took great faith for Elijah and the widow of Zarephath to believe God. 
Elijah needed to trust that if God said provision would be made, then God's promise would be fulfilled. It took God, he took God at his word. He knew the current reality did not measure up with God's promise. So he made the request for food on faith, knowing that God would no doubt watch over his word and make it come true. Claim and trust God's promises. They are sure. Point four. Your blessings might be connected to your service. From the widow of Zarephath, we can also learn secrets for success in life and business. The widow had her last bit of food left in this life, but she was willing to give it from it. She had every right to refuse. Elijah could be seen as taking advantage of the vulnerable in society. Nevertheless, she was quite giving. And when she gave, something amazing happened. God multiplied the flour and oil so that she did not have to worry about food. Her life is saved. Her son's life is saved. Elijah's life is saved. Her blessings were full to the running over. Sometimes our blessing is bound up with our service. When we share, no matter how small, we are enriched. Even if we ourselves are struggling, reaching out can save you both. No matter how small or insignificant, we have something to give to someone else to help them. By doing so, we help ourselves and could even save ourselves. Maybe your times of crisis can be lifted if you reach out to help someone. Point five. God wants us to practice faith over fear. We can also learn from this story the lesson about the power of fear versus the power of faith. When the widow expresses concern for her meager meal, Elijah told her, Do not be afraid. For her to move forward in obedience and faith, she needed to put away fear. Remember, she was looking at the possibility of dying a bit earlier if she gave away her last meal. Her faith was absolutely stretched to limits. So many people are prevented from reaching their goals, accessing their blessings, and living an abundant life because of fear. Fear can be just as strong as faith if you let it. Point 6. Trusting God is a day-by-day -day experience. When Elijah declares that her food would not run out, the widow steps out on his word and uses her last bit of flour and oil to make him a meal. Elijah lived with her for two years and God provided enough for each day. God did not provide a barrel full at once, just enough for them to live on a daily basis. The faith of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath helps us realize that God wants us to trust Him each day. He wants us to lean on Him and to depend on Him daily. It takes faith to deal with this, not in a way that is driven by anxiety, but in a way that is grounded in abiding trust. We can look at it in this way. Just like a small baby who cries for his or her needs, waits for their mother's to attend to their need. We are to be like little children, trusting in the Lord to provide 
and he will surely show up for us. You might be living from hand to mouth, but recognize that it is God's hands to your mouth. God's promise of provision is sure. Here is a beautiful promise recorded in Psalm 37:25, which says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.19 Point 7. God hears the prayers of ordinary people. And in case you are wondering if it is possible to trust God in such a way, the last of the widow of Zarephath's lessons will bring the point home. James 5, 17 and 18 says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that, he, that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Elijah struggled with wobbly faith, loneliness, anxiety, and depression. But in times of spiritual crisis, he prayed in faith and God answered. And note that his prayers were no small prayers and his faith was equally huge. A three-year drought, daily provision for food for three years, fire from heaven. Yes, the stories in the Bible are the experiences of ordinary people like you and me. We can pray and trust God for big things. Nothing challenges God. Reaffirm to yourself and remember that your problem is not bigger than God. Instead, challenge yourselves to get to that place where faith triumphs over your fear. Are you experiencing a crisis right now? God is listening. Let us close with a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for providing all our needs. Thank you for listening to our pleas. Please help our faith to triumph over our fears. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you with a double portion of faith in His words. Have a blessed day. With this, we have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's word, you are always welcome to write to us. Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune, 411037 Maharashtra India And you can email us at helenrichesv at gmail.com helenrichesv at gmail.com H-E-L-E-N R-I-C-H-E-S-V at gmail.com You can contact us with your prayer requests and your interest for Bible study at these numbers. Center of Digital Evangelism CDE 000-800-800-040-14-0-4 Or you can message us directly at plus one Seven four seven two eight two two eight eight zero, 
Our WhatsApp number is plus nine one nine zero 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 eight nine zero nine three. And you can email us at Helen Riches V at Gmail dot com. H E L E N R I C H E S V at gmail dot com. We invite you to visit us on our website, www dot awr dot org. This is David, and I am Madhuri, signing off at awr. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Till then, we wish you goodbye, goodbye and, and God, God bless. bless.